Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CoinPass podcast. We talk about crypto, trading, finance, and everything blockchain. Uh, today, we've got a very special guest uh, the, uh, from Electronium, uh, Richard Els. And what we're talking about today is crypto in real-world adoption, both now and in the future. So uh, Richard's a long-time serial entrepreneur. Uh, he's had several successful businesses under his belt, uh, ranging from social media, uh, digital marketing, and his latest venture in crypto called Electronium. You may have heard of it. Electronium is one of the fastest growing cryptos out there due to its focus on real world adoption with utility and large scale partnerships and deployments. Uh, corporate interest around the token continues to grow and Electronium continues to create additional integrations and partnerships with new platforms. Uh, so welcome, Richard. Thank you for being on the show today. Hi, oh, yeah, Jeff. Thank you very much indeed. I really appreciate the invite. It's very kind of you and uh, excited to, to have a chat. Yeah, of course. So we've known each other uh, for quite some time now. We've uh, bumped into each other at FinTech Week, you know, through London communities. And you guys seem to always be out there uh, you know, drumming, the, drumming the drum very loudly about kind of what you guys are doing and, and kind of your goals. So um, just, just to catch up on it. Just to kind of catch up really quick. Uh, what's so special about Electronium and your real world use cases? And what are you actually trying to solve? Uh, well, we, we literally launched the whole thing right at the beginning to, to, to be really genuinely usable by real people. So um, the, the apps got instant transfer, so you got instant, you know, uh, uh, instant payment capability. So you genuinely can buy a coffee and walk away or, or more likely food on a stick with a with a vendor in the developing world. But uh, virtually zero transfer costs and blah, blah, blah. So that's all the kind of standard crypto stuff. But then what we did, we had a massive airdrop at the beginning to, uh, to, to bring on millions of users, which was great. Uh, and we're all about that real world usage. So bear in mind, we're kind of for the unbanked. The unbanked don't have access to exchanges, uh, largely, not, not 100%, but largely. Uh, and as such, we, uh, we, the first thing we did was, was make a lot of work over getting 140 countries uh, covered with airtime and data direct purchase from our app. From the electronium app which gave a real world value and utility to electronium uh, on the ground uh, with the people that we were trying to, to to empower so that was the biggest and most critical thing because it's all right saying you've got a real world value for for crypto because you can go to an exchange but if you can't go to an exchange obviously the, the real world value doesn't really exist it's just sort of hypothetical yeah. uh, so we gave a real world uh, outlet there uh, and then we built up another platform called anytask.com which enables people to, to earn uh, ETN directly, uh, which is it's a freelancer site uh, and it's been wildly successful as well. So uh, yeah, building this sort of ecosystem for real world uh, adoption, uh, that's what we've always been about. And we, we are, I would say at the cutting edge actually of, of crypto real world adoption, real world uses and, uh, and actually seeing cryptocurrency used to do things in the real world, it's yeah. good. And I suppose we talk about that real world bit and uh, we talk about currency and, and volatility and crypto kind of goes hand in hand. It's kind of where the, the birthright's kind of been. And I mean, what we've seen in kind of recent times uh, is your know, hyperinflation in some of these uh, particular parts of the world, you know, Venezuela, Argentina, et cetera. Uh, and that will no doubt continue as, um, as uh, some of the global financial system continues to to do what it's been doing the most recent years so i mean volatility right now exists in crypto but it also does exist in the fiat world as well how is i suppose your product specifically and what are your views uh, on volatility and how these markets kind of respond to that and actually use crypto how it's supposed to be used yeah well i mean uh, funnily enough i was just chatting to someone the other day uh, about facebook's libra project everyone got so excited about facebook's libra uh you know, around the world is huge furore over it 
we've already we've already built it. They're, they're talking about building it. Other than the stablecoin part, virtually everything that they tabled for for the potential for Libra is already in motion and working and operable in Electronium. So the the the, the stable part is the bit that's got the question mark over it. and. Uh, that seemed to be what freaked out everybody about Libra as if they were saying it was going to be a stable coin. But exactly what you just said, stable to what? Uh, I don't think that was ever really locked in. I know that they, they, there's some proposals, but there wasn't a locked in what it's going to be stable against. Do you really want stability against the US dollar when they're printing so many? I mean, it was one of the wonders of cryptocurrency is the fact that it isn't pegged to the US dollar. You know, the fact that some Bitcoin is floating out there in a value of its own, I think is, is one of the best parts about it. So uh, you're absolutely right. There's so so much volatility in in the developing world's fiat money, the 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 notes that they hold in their hand. That the crypto market is actually stable in comparison. So uh, where where you you look at um, crypto and see a 20% fluctuation as being a fairly regular and normal occurrence, uh, actually you're seeing far greater uh, fluctuations in in fiat currencies in the developing world. So look. I'm a big believer in, in cryptocurrency in general and in electronium terms, certainly the fact that we are not pegged to gold, not pegged to the dollar or, or, or necessarily a stable coin hasn't held us back in any way because people can still transfer that value uh, and, and we see that our real world users spend it uh, wisely. So they, if, if, the, if the price is 10% down on, on where they earned it, chances are they're not going to spend it on airtime. But actually what you might find is that in a week's time, it's 10% up, 15% up, or you know, 5% down or whatever it is. But as that fluctuation takes place, they then go, oh, this is an up, an uptick and, and it's, it's actually worth more than, than, I, than I earned it at. So that's the time for me to do a top up of my airtime or whatever. And we definitely see that. We, we are, uh, if you draw a curve of the fluctuations of ETN, uh, the real world top ups are taking place at the top of those, uh, the top of the mm. price spikes, which is really interesting. The, 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 the real world, even though they don't have an exchange account, they are very aware of the real world value of ETN in their local currency. So it's interesting because you say like they don't have access to an exchange or they're not aware of what exchanges are, I suppose, the trading aspect and the investment aspect. But it sounds more like they see those fluctuations um, as more of an acute awareness, you might say, of their buying power of a certain thing. Um, you know, it kind of happens, I suppose, over years or decades with a traditional fiat currency and there's, you know, external pressures that kind of make that work, you know, from what a, a US dollar could buy in 1970 versus now, uh, that's a lifetime for people. And a lot of stuff changes in that kind of lifetime. And if we're talking about, you know, different changes in volatility in the crypto market, which is a lot more from this week to last week is different. I suppose it's how they can, I suppose, adjust their environment or they can adjust their own, um, like, you know, their, their, their um, uh, buying and, uh, and top-up behaviors. Uh, do I need this now? Well, no. If I wait a little bit longer, there's a potential for a discount. Or if I earn a bit more uh, while it's at a high, then I'm going to get more of an effect when it's low, etc. And I think that's kind of, a, I think, a, a really interesting um, aspect of what you're just talking about there is that um, their uh, ability to earn and when they spend it uh, is kind of di directly correlated with a specific cryptocurrency instead of a specific trading pair against fiat currency. Yeah, I think um, another thing that uh, with regards to, um, uh, to to volatility, while we're on it quickly, is because uh, the AnyTask platform doesn't charge the sellers any fee, whereas a lot of the uh, competing brands charge 20%. 
what, what you'll also realize is that if somebody sells a, a service for $10 uh, on the sort of the leading platform, as it were, uh, and they sell the same uh, task for $10 on our platform, they've already got 20% to play with. So if the currency fluctuates by 15% downwards or 20% downwards, they're still exactly where they would have been off another platform earning the, 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 the money a different way. So you've got quite a lot of, um, uh, of leeway just off, just off the, the, the fee saving. So this, we're finding quite a few people coming across the AnyTask platform that actually are banked, uh, but they just like the fee structure. Mm. So, uh, so we, we've, we're introducing new people to Electronium. We're introducing new people into cryptocurrency for the first time. We're getting lots of questions. We've got 24-7 live support on that any task. And we're getting lots of questions because people have never, they've never done anything with cryptocurrency before. So it's great to be out there introducing cryptocurrency to, to new users, but new users in the real world who are actually trying to use it to, to, uh, to earn a living and, uh, uh, and to, to pay bills and all sorts of things. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting place to be. So bank people in the developing world using using platforms and earning crypto for you know whatever task they might be doing, whether it's a, a gig based or, or something project based or etc. Um, do you think that kind of trend will start to be, I suppose, adopted by other platforms, not to only gain a global audience, but to you know almost act as a bit of a hedge? Do you think more people will end up going to be taking payments um, and their salaries or partial salaries in, in some form of crypto in the future? I mean, yeah, I'd like to think that that would be the case. Um across cryptos, you know, not, not just electronic, but uh, more people need to accept Bitcoin, more people need to accept cryptocurrencies in general because, because that, that, that they are actually convenient. If I want to send money anywhere in the world, Bitcoin or Electronium or you know, Ripple or whatever it is, they are more convenient to send money around the world than using the bank. The bank is, uh, is quite convenient for local payments with people that are in the same country, generally they are inconvenient for international transfers banking international transfers take time they're a pain in the backside and they have quite large costs associated with them ripple and uh, and electronium and bitcoin the costs associated are not too huge uh, bitcoin's a bit more expensive than it used to be but uh, but making those transfers becomes easy so more people should adopt them. But you know who's blocking that? It's the banks. Mm. Banks don't like people that are dealing with crypto assets. So people are a little bit wary. We see this at the cutting edge. People are a little bit wary about starting to embrace crypto in case it sours their banking relationship. So the more the regulatory environment gets sorted, um, the better, because mm. uh, then they know quite clearly where they're at uh, and the bank can't say, oh, we're shutting you down because we think you're dealing with money launderers. Mm. You know, that's the sort of... The nonsense the banks come out with if you start just accepting cryptocurrency you, you could take a 10 pound note that just came from a drug dealer but you couldn't take 10 pounds in because you're dealing with money laundry yeah you know, so that's, that's what i think um where the idea around some of the neo-banking is kind of a little bit lost and i suppose the the average user or the average um person that, that might be using it for payments so you can use your uh your starling card or your revolut card or whatever it's going to be uh, to transfer into euros or Aussie dollars or whatever it's going to be, and those services work great. But because they're still based on traditional banking rails, there is uh, usually just floats and balances moving between two counterparties, uh, and you're the person sitting in between. So I've got £1,000, I get on a plane, I go to the US, I want to use US dollars. Those are simply some efficient rails or basically a database in the background, still clearing US dollars and pounds back and forth like a trade. Um, and the difference when we talk about crypto, you're actually physically moving that asset and keeping it 
either with you or literally transiting it to the other side of the world where there is another wallet receiving it or across the room it doesn't really matter that's kind of the whole point and um uh just a really good point there we hear local banking is not internationally accessible um where i suppose for you in your target market uh do you want to create the most i suppose fulfilling impact for those people that don't have local banking whether they're unbanked or not and you know how is i suppose your solution uh, kind of one of the leaders solving that problem well the first thing uh, so when we built the system we made it really really usable so that you know you've got instant payments app to app and the, and the sort of things that make cryptocurrency work in the real world you're not likely to walk into starbucks and buy a coffee with bitcoin if you've got to wait 40 minutes for it to clear you need somebody to sit in the way of that you know somebody uh, would provide a, a service to sit in the way of that and uh, and work out um, a, a process. So, uh, as as Electronium the, the the model, we've done that ourselves within our um, custodial wallet system. We've got an instant transaction system. So, so that was one of the first things for getting real world adoption. And then in terms of in terms of where we've just seen massive success has been this AnyTask.com platform, uh, and that. That's driving real-world usage, um, probably more than anything else. But what's what's really really exciting about it is that it introduces new uh, new buyers of of cryptocurrency without them even being aware that they are buyers. So if you imagine somebody buys a task, let's say they buy a twenty-dollar logo design on any task and they put their credit card in, it doesn't mention cryptocurrency to them anywhere. They just buy a twenty-dollar task and they, oh, I'm really happy. I've got a great logo. In the back end. Uh, we are using that fiat money to purchase ETN off the open market across the exchanges, uh, and we are fulfilling, um, or the, the agency part of our job is to, to do that. Uh, so the, the platform, we, we act as an agent between the buyer and the seller, and uh, we, we enable that transfer to take place so that the person who um, could not possibly accept $20 from the United States, has no facility to take $20 from the United States, uh, suddenly can, can earn $20 from the United States. So that's, that has become an exciting thing. And, uh, and what, it, what it does in the real world is if we, if we only turn over a five, and it's not actually us turning it over as an agent, if we see $5 million of, uh, worth of use go through the platform in a year, and when I say that figure, um, that's a, that is a fairly conservative figure on a three-year um, business plan. It's certainly a conservative figure. I'm, I'm hoping that we hit that. In 12 to 18 months if you look at uh, some of the platforms are turning over uh, uh, well fiverr for instance 111 million i think they turned over in um, in 2019 some of the other platforms are, are much much larger in terms of the, the the figures going through them so freelancing is is a massive market so if we can only do five million that's a hundred thousand dollars a week of new introduced um fiat into the electronic ecosystem so quite, quite a large amount, and, and that could be tens of millions. So uh, we, are, we are actually bre breaching that, uh, that gap uh, between, um, uh, between, the, um, between the cryptocurrency world and the fiat world. And at the same time, we're then educating those users about what they're doing, about what cryptocurrency is enabling, and every seller is by default uh, an Electronium user, so they're educated about cryptocurrency. So it's um, it's been it's, it's been really good, but but I, I think we we you know, we're, we're only six seven months old in terms of any task three years old as uh, as Electronium, but any task we've got five hundred and thirty thousand users on the platform. Just had another I think thirty thousand users in the last month. Wow. So it's been um, 
it's been really crazy busy and there's 16,000 tasks on any task now. So the, the adoption and, uh, and rate of growth has been fantastic. And I think if you then extrapolate that and say, well, what does that tell you about the market and these youngsters that are fulfilling the tasks? Because they're young compared to me, uh, is uh, is that, that that cryptocurrency is something that they will embrace given the opportunity. You know, they they don't know they they've never heard of electronium. Then they see an influencer talking about a competitor to Fiverr, for instance. They go and have a look. They sign up. And it says you're going to get paid electronium. They that at that point they might go, well, this is not for me. But we're seeing thousands upon thousands of these sellers create the account, sign in, create the tasks. They've obviously. They've already created the Electronium account at that point. So you know that they've now embraced something that they've never even heard of before. So we're going to see crypto adoption growing. I have absolutely no doubt. And in terms of Electronium's growth, I know that it will be powered by any task. And um, we've thrown um, the terms of fear over around a little bit now, uh, banked and unbanked. And they're you know, kind of, uh, for lack of a better term, others are both side of the, different sides of the coin. Um, and I think you can have both in kind of any region of the world. Um, we had a, a guest of ours on, uh, Jason, who's in uh, in India, and I was saying that there's there's a very large unbanked you know amount of people. Uh, Ninety you know ninety nine percent of the population doesn't pay tax uh, because they're either unbanked or it's it's uh, it just doesn't work. Only one percent are really KYC and one percent pay the tax. But then in places like London, uh, in you know the developed part of the world, is that you're um, uh, you've got people that might be, uh, you know, in a job, working in a hotel, working in a sandwich shop, working in a Starbucks, um, which still don't have access to regular banking facilities. And there's this, I suppose, a paradigm that's coming out of the out of the middle of that now is is, is digital nomad. Um, do you think digital nomad is a third class of financial services kind of people that don't exist anywhere but exist everywhere, uh, or are they kind of the new unbanked? Yeah, I mean, I think unbanked is an interesting term in itself. So first of all, to answer the question, I think digital nomad is certainly, it's certainly, it's a fairly wide encompassing uh, moniker, I think. So I think uh, you, you might have, you, you might have refugees that are, that are utilizing, uh, earning digitally as they, as they travel throughout, through, through multiple countries, for instance. So, so that would be, that would be a, your true digital nomad. Uh, but then you've also got digital nomads that would actually be uh, much more stationary and, uh, and, and in a slightly more established economy. But in terms of the unbanked, I, I use that phrase myself quite a lot. And actually, uh, I, I think that it will probably go out of fashion. Uh, I'm starting to say underbanked a little bit more. And, and what, you, what you actually realise is that they have access to banks, quite a lot of people. They just don't want to use them because they're expensive. We're so used to you. You and I sit there. We go to a bank. The bank wants to wants us to get our salary paid into to a bank account, and they don't charge us for the privilege of having that account. Mm. We're fairly unique in that. Uh, if you go off to much of the developing world, if if I think I can dare say most of the developing world, it will cost you money every month to have a bank account. They're providing yep. you with a service, and they want a fee for doing it. Yep. Now, if you've got no reason to put your money in a bank account, why would you? Why would you do it? There's just mm. no reason. And, and just because you're banked, like I said earlier, just because you're banked doesn't really doesn't mean magically you're going to suddenly join the global digital economy because that guy in New York is not going to buy a logo off you for twenty dollars if he has to go to the bank, sit down, fill in a load of paperwork, uh, pay thirty dollars to send you the twenty dollars through through a various chains of banking to mm. to Cambodia, where you will now 
wait three or four days, and then the money arrives. One, you've got to trust him to do the work after sending in the money, or someone has to produce trust. So by, by sitting in the middle there with, with any task in Electronium, one, there's, there's, it becomes trustless, no problem. We, we're an escrow, so we won't give the money to the person until they work. So there's safety and a money back or, or, or a refund of, of the funds that you put in. You get refunded if they don't do the work, which is so you've got that safety net. But there is no cost to the to the banking part, to the to yeah. the part where the transfer takes place. If you even if you'd gone off and had a bank account, you wouldn't have that transaction. So cryptocurrency unlocks uh, a, a part of the global economy that can't be unlocked by making people banked. So whilst we say the problem is that they're unbanked, actually, if they were all banked, the, it still wouldn't. The, it, the problem still isn't solved. They're still not part of the global digital economy. So. Uh, cryptocurrency solves that so much, much, much nicer than than banking them. Mm-hmm. My thoughts are that there'll be countries that skip uh, skip banking altogether uh, and go straight into cryptocurrency, like we've seen people skip out um, and go straight into mobile phones. So, you know, London is is covered in a mass of fiber optic cable and um, and copper cable uh, we're, we're from our communications network, and, and many of well, the whole of Europe, in fact, is is absolutely smothered in copper cable. Uh, whereas uh, if you go into the developing world, jump straight into mobile. Why would they have? Why would they bother with with laying copper? Yeah, it's a, the infrastructure. It's an old <laughs> and I think that actually perhaps cryptocurrency can get to the point where where the same thing is true. Why would you bother going and becoming banked? There's a better solution. Exactly, and I think that's a really really good point on which we can kind of uh, I suppose put a nice little bow on today's uh, episode. So now we could probably diverge into uh, you know. Uh, central bank digital currencies and how they can effectively like you say skip uh, a form of infrastructure or a generation going straight to mobile uh, and having a you know not necessarily trackable money supply but a much more transparent one to you know enable i think the the next stage in in financial services which is what the internet did to uh, the internet did to the post office one of those kind of moments um so i want to thank um uh, richard obviously from electronic for coming on today and sharing some of his insights it's obviously been a really really great chat i always enjoy these for my own uh, my own benefit for learning and obviously for the audience as well but uh yeah thank you very much for coming on and is there anything you're doing specifically in the space now anyway you're speaking any new releases coming up that we should know about uh, we've just we've just been added as the uh, the tenth um, member of the blockchain for Europe, which is an association. Uh, if you look at the other nine members, uh, uh, it, we're 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 super uh, chuffed to have, have been uh, uh, unanimously voted onto that board. Uh, Ripple, Binance, Cardano, Block One are all power players, uh, and uh, we are using that uh, to, uh, that platform. Uh, to to try and uh, and be part of the regulatory environment of, of European well right. all of the European regulatory uh, system for for crypto so all those all those organisations are, are are moving that forward so yeah we're excited to be part of that I think that may be news that just comes out today I'm not sure Great. if it's even out I may have just dropped it out but you get the idea, get the idea. Uh, lots and lots of things going on good always. so uh that's really great thank you for sharing that and um uh, that's it for today if you'd like to be a guest on the show one day uh you want to talk trading fintech crypto drop us a tweet at, at coinpass global drop us an email podcast at coinpass.com uh one last time thank you very much Richard, for being on the show and I'll see you all thank next you time